Hello, good morning, Andre here. Welcome to another episode of The Daily. This episode finds you on the 2nd of April, Friday. It is Good Friday, the day where we remember Jesus' death on the cross. And we are midway through a series of devotionals uh, to help frame our hearts, our minds, posture, our prayers, even as we eagerly anticipate Easter Sunday, coming together as a church to celebrate the, our risen King, to celebrate the resurrection of our Lord. And so I pray for you today that uh, as you go about your day, you know, it is a public holiday, many of you probably have plans with your family, I pray that even as you enjoy this day of rest, that you would have the cross, that you will have Jesus at the forefront of your mind such that you may go about this day with deep gratitude in your hearts. So enjoy your public holiday, and with all that being said, let us begin the podcast. Well, many of you will probably be aware, uh, me and my wife Amy are new parents to a lovely baby girl, baby said she uh, just turned two months old last week. Now, one of the things that we have gotten better at doing is hearing her cries and discerning uh, what she actually wants. We all know babies, they cry all the time. It's their way of communicating. Sometimes they cry for attention. Sometimes they they cry because they want to be held. Sometimes they cry because they're uncomfortable. Uh, More often than not, they cry because they are hungry. So we have gotten better through uh, some help, some videos, as well as a ton of experience to recognize the different cries and you know her her hunger cries are pretty obvious we know uh when it's a hunger cry because she'll make it she'll make a certain sound and we'll immediately discern it and very often these cries they start out as little whimpers but they go into like a full-blown uh just breakdown and massive cry now of course it's never comfortable to hear your baby crying but in reality, every time we speak to a doctor and speak to friends, you know, when your baby cries for food, it's actually a really good sign. It's a sign that they are healthy. It's a sign that everything is functioning well. It's a sign that they are growing. Hungry cries, uh, hungering for, for, for milk, uh, thirsting for milk is a sign of life. It's a sign that everything is okay. As human beings, we were created to hunger, to thirst for food, for water, for sustenance such that we may live. Now it's interesting, right, that we, this moment in Jesus' crucifixion where he asks for a drink, where he thirsts. The Bible says this in John chapter 19, verse 28, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, said, I thus. And it's from this text that we get this fifth word, the word of suffering. I thirst, this short little phrase that is packed with so much meaning and implication. In this phrase alone, we get a glimpse into Jesus' humanity. It's evidence of Christ's humanity that just as babies hunger and thirst, and it very well is a sign of life, Jesus on the cross was thirsty. Jesus was very God of very God, but he was also very man of very man, fully God, yet fully man. He thirsted as we would thirst, and he died as we would die. And I think this little phrase serves as a reminder to us 
that Jesus didn't die on the cross, endure the sufferings on the cross as a super demigod-like kind of person. He didn't have super strength, super endurance. He didn't have an incredible high tolerance of pain. He was a mere man on the cross. He bled as we bleed. He hurt as we would hurt. He died as we would die. And so often we forget this aspect of Christ, his humanity, when we think of the cross. Yes, he would rise in two days. He would rise on Easter. But in this moment on the cross, he was fully human, enduring, searing pain. And yet we read in this text, his undying devotion, unwavering faith to God and his purposes. It says in the text that Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, he knew that God's purpose and will was fulfilled through the acts that he endured. Then he said he thirst. What a stunning example Christ has set for us unwavering devotion to God and his purposes in the midst of suffering, in the midst of pain. And aren't we glad that our Savior, our Messiah, is not a stranger to our sufferings. He is not a stranger to our pain. The writer of Hebrews puts it this way in Hebrews chapter 4, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. Christ through suffering the pains of the cross as a human being, as a mere man, is able to sympathize with the pains of his people, with the pains of life on this fallen world. The problem of suffering has ever been a perplexing one, right? Why should suffering be necessary in a world that is governed by a perfect God? A God who not only has the power to prevent evil, but who is love, who is the embodiment of perfect love. Why should there be pain and wretchedness, sickness and death? As we look out at our world today, as we read of news reports of whatever's happening in the world, we are cognizant of its countless sufferers and are honestly confused and bewildered at times. Does God see? Is there knowledge with the Most High? Does He really care? And here at the cross, It shows us that Jesus, that God, is not ignorant of our sorrows. For in the person of his Son, he has himself, Isaiah 53 says, borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. The cross shows us God is not unmindful of our distress and anguish, for he became incarnate and suffered himself. The cross tells us that God is not indifferent to pain, for in the Savior, he experienced it. Our Redeemer is not one so removed from us that he is unable to enter sympathetically into our sorrows, for he was himself, the Bible says, the man of sorrows. Now, isn't that comfort for the aching heart? Isn't that comfort for all who go through pain? Isn't that comfort as you look at all of the injustices of the world. We have a God who is able, who has been through pain and is able to sympathize with us in the midst of our pain. Now Jesus speaks of this thirst right after he speaks the word of anguish. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? 
Jesus in that moment was experiencing the searing loss of being disconnected from the Father as he feels the weight of humanity's sin upon him. And right after that, he cries out, I thirst, I thirst. And it was as though the physical body was mirroring the state of Jesus' spiritual being, even as he thirsted and longed for connection, for intimacy with the Father once again. He cried out, I thirst, I thirst. His physical body was in many ways mirroring the thirst of the, his soul, his, his spirit. You see, we were all created with an intrinsic thirst for God. The Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We were made to live, to breathe, to bask in the glory of God. We were created with an intrinsic thirst for God. This thirst is not a byproduct of dysfunction, but that thirst is a sign of spiritual life. Much like physical, natural thirst is a sign of life. Spiritual thirst, thirsting for God, is a sign of spiritual life. The issue really isn't whether we have a thirst or not. The issue is what we've been using to mitigate the thirst, the satisfaction that was meant to be fulfilled, given to us by God, by being in His presence. Now, this provokes me slightly because I spend most of my life living with the assumption that because I am me and I know me best, I know my personality, I should then know what ought to satisfy me. I should then know what ought to bring me fulfillment. And many of us sadly think similarly. We think that we know what we want and we know the things that will bring us satisfaction. For some of us, it may be our careers, maybe a certain amount of money, maybe certain experiences. But that is where I believe the Lordship of Christ, of Jesus, comes into play. Because submitting to Christ, His way, his word, it's saying this, that because you created me, because your ways are higher than my ways, I choose to submit and realign my perception and inclinations to the way you see it. And so I believe that this intrinsic thirst, this satisfaction that we so long for, that we use the things of the world to medicate, is found in Christ. Is found in Christ. This satisfaction that Christ promises will cause us to never thirst again. Or as Augustine puts it, our hearts are restless, O God, until it finds its rest in Thee. So even as we close off the podcast this morning, I'd like to read over you, read together with you really, Psalm 42, this psalm that many of us are familiar with. We recite it as liturgy, we sing it in songs, but I would like for you to turn this into a heartfelt prayer this morning, a earnest desire for this to be your soul's longing, your heart's longing really, because this is what you're created to long for. This is what will truly bring you satisfaction and fulfillment. Let's read Psalm 42 together, starting with verse 1. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night. Skipping down to verse 5. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise Him, my Savior and my God. This is the word of the Lord. 
And so this morning, let's spend some time reflecting on all that we have just heard as we consider Christ's humanity on the cross that he suffers as a man so that he may sympathize and empathize with us as we go through the sufferings of life. We have a savior that is not distant, that is far removed from our reality. He knows our pain for he has been through our pain. But let us also consider this morning of how we may have placed our trust, our means of getting satisfaction, fulfillment of satisfying this intrinsic thirst that we were created with. You know, it might be through our possessions, through worldly means, through mindless entertainment. And this morning is an opportunity for us, even as we reflect on the words of scripture, to allow for the spirit to reorient our hearts this morning. You know, I've realized that we can't do this deep work of heart transformation in and of our own strength. In many ways, we can't will that kind of transformation. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. And I'm thankful that scripture tells us that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead now lives inside us. That same spirit that brought life back into Christ's beaten and battered body now lives inside of us and he's able to bring dead things to life he's able to bring our hearts that have gone astray that are dead in sin and trespass and bring it back to life once again and so let's spend a few moments posturing ourselves and allowing for the spirit to do a deep transformative work in us Right now, I invite you, wherever you're at, to take a seat and plant your feet firmly on the ground with your hands lifted before you. As your feet are planted on the ground, I'd like for you to feel the stability of the floor that you have your feet on. As you feel that stability, meditate on this truth that God's love for you his grace and kindness toward you is more stable, is more firm than even the ground that you are standing on. And as you reflect on that, allow for God's spirit to meet you, his love to transform you this morning. So let's spend a few moments sitting in God's presence. Amen. I hope that in this brief moment you felt the Spirit beckoning you into a deeper intimacy. Let me pray for you today as you begin your day. God, we profess this day that we are like sheep who have gone astray. And God, we ask for your Spirit's power to lead us back into the way that is right, that is true. Help us to rid ourselves of the things of the world that so pull our affections in the wrong direction. Help us to follow you wholeheartedly. Realign 
the loves, the longing, the desire of our heart to long for you. As the deer pants for the water brooks, so our soul longs for you. We thirst for you, Jesus. Come meet with us this day. We pray these things in your name. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in to yet another episode of Daily. I'll have one more episode for you that'll be coming out tomorrow and then I'll see all of you in church for Easter Sunday as we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord. Have a great day ahead. Grace and peace.